Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Scott Luton, Greg White here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Gregory, how are we doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, do you think people know that I have two backdrops? <laughs> do you think you ever wonder what that is? <laughs> There's a lot more than two backdrops, but I, I bet, yes, they know Greg White, and they know you're a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. Uh, the reigning NFL champions, is that right? Yep. I am so stoked because the schedule comes out tomorrow. I know it seems like football hardly ended. Um, and frankly, I think it's too long between seasons, but, um, and, and the chiefs are playing in Germany this season. So we know when and with yeah. against whom now. So, well, it's, it's really interesting how the NFL has built this dripped out marketing thing, but we'll save that for the sports show. Yeah. I am stoked, Greg, yes. about this great discussion. We've got teed up here today, focused on four ways, transportation management systems, TMSs can collaborate with warehouse execution systems, WESs, to be to offer up the best holistic decision, saving time, money, headaches, and Greg, empowering your people to be more successful. Should be a great show, huh? Yep. It's always good when we can bring our favorite. I don't know why we, we delay announcing who's on the show. We promote it for weeks on end beforehand. <laughs> so it's always great when Shannon Valancourt's on the show. He's been doing it forever evolving with the time and staying ahead of the game. So we're going to get to hear from him and, and a close partner of his. So that's going to be hugely valuable. Listen. That's right. Listen up as Greg is known for saying, Hey, you know, that special friend, Dan Hanrahan with the Numina group. So we're got quite dynamic, the dynamic duo here today. Uh, and folks, Hey, you're going to hear a lot of expertise and, and perspective analysis here today. Been there, done that perspective. We want to hear from you too. So use that, uh, the comment section, the cheap sheet, the cheap seats, if I can say that right, to share your voice. Speaking of Greg, yes, a shout out to a few folks here. Jerry, Jerry, uh, here from Georgia, tuned in for two in a row via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Jerry. Uh, Harish, tuned in via LinkedIn from India. Welcome, welcome. Jen's tuned in from Denver this morning via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Jen. Uh, Sarika, I think I got that right. Uh, if I didn't, Hey, if we get any names wrong, let us know. As always, yeah. Greg, uh, Sarika tuned in from South Africa via LinkedIn. Great to see you. Frederick from Zimbabwe, uh, Salimo via Mozambique. Wow. Uh, Greg Glormar is represented today. That is right. That is right. Uh, Glormar is back with us from LA, right? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, and keep the comments coming. We've got a great yeah. discussion teed up here today. All right, Greg, uh, we have got two wonderful guests. I'm going to introduce them, and then we're going to get to work. How's that sound? Yeah, the introduction sounds great. The work? I'm not, well, of course, <laughs> let's do it. All right, so with no further ado, I want to welcome in our two featured guests here today, Dan Hanrahan, CEO of the, of the Numina Group, and Shannon Valancourt, president of RateLinks. Hey, hey, Shannon, great to have you back. How you doing? Doing great. How you guys doing? Wonderful, great. wonderful. And Dan, welcome. Greetings. 
appreciate the opportunity to uh, join Shannon and yourselves and have a great conversation today. Yeah, we have a wonderful, to. wonderful conversation, aren't we, Greg? Now, Greg, uh, in the pre-show, yeah. man, I mentioned the NFL, which we let off here with, and the three of y'all took it over. We could have had an NFL Blitz Power Hour in the pre-show. Lots of passion. It, well, it was a little bit of a it was a little bit of a support group hour, right? I think um, all of our teams are better than right. they've been in the past, um, but we all had to express a little bit of pain there. So, well, we're going to use that right as our fun warm up question here with Shannon, Dan, and yourself. And hey, uh, Ahmed, uh, Farah, Tracy, uh, all of y'all, if you're NFL fans, let us know your favorite team. So, uh, Dan, we understand, given this is your first time with us here, we've done a little homework on you. You're a huge Chicago Bears fan, just like Shannon. So, now, uh, this is just my opinion. I'd say that 85 Bears is probably the best in NFL history, even if they weren't the undefeated like the Dolphins were back then. But what is your favorite, one of your favorite Bear players of all time, Dan? You know, and that's that's what you have to do. You got to reach all the way back to 1985 to, to pick one of your favorites, and that's and that's Dan Hampton. And and really, the thing that reminds wow. me the most of Dan Hampton is he just gave it all. And his last game, the Bears lost. They were going downhill. He was probably four or five years after uh, his uh, the Super Bowl, and there it was. They were I think they were playing the Jets, Jets or the Giants. Boy, I can't remember exactly. And he was fighting for the last six inches to stop them from scoring. And that was his whole drive. And it was the last play he ever uh, played when they scored on him. So I've met him a couple times. Uh, he's got some some issues at times. <laughs> Boy, what a, what a, a, a 100 percenter. You know, he gave yeah. everything in football. Heck of a player. Mountain of an individual, too. All right. So, Shannon, before I come to you, we got a bunch of fans here. Ahmed's Bear Down, Scott, the Bears, mm -hmm. Joe Hanrahan, it might be related. Also, big Bears fans, Farah, Falcons and Texans, Roderick, uh, Dolphins, and Michael Houday. I think we know who that is. All right. So, Shannon, <laughs> uh, you're, a big <laughs> you're a big Bears fan. Mm -hmm. One of your favorite Bears players of all time, Shannon. Boy, I mean – you know, you go back to the 85 Bears, of course. That's an easy one. Probably be Walter Payton. You know, I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, at training camp in 1986 wow. at UW Platteville. You know, a friend of the family was an assistant football coach at Platteville. So I got to meet pretty much all of them uh, back then, which was pretty neat. But, I mean, all of them, you know, back then. You know, and then you go up to Urlacher, you know, the next – round you know Devin Hester I mean you know I'm just a huge huge Bears fan mm. so yeah but Hester man what a return specialist okay Greg uh we uh, trying to keep this from becoming we can mm -hmm. talk NFL for the next several hours Greg uh Chiefs the the Kansas City Chiefs one of your favorite players of all time <clears throat> the favorite player of all time is Derek Thomas the one if not the one of the greatest pass rushing linebackers in the history of the NFL. But I have to throw a shout out to Mike Singletary in Chicago because at that time, my family was living in Chicago. What an incredible time in that city. Still, I will argue to the death, that's the greatest defense the NFL has ever seen. Good stuff there. Monster of the Monsters of the Midway, uh, right? Um, all right. So a lot of good stuff. Thank you, Greg, Shannon, and Dan for playing along. And hey, Jerry, 
Yes, we're going to dive into, as he talked about, we're going to define warehouse execution system in just a minute and kind of speak to more of your questions. So you're in the right place. So stay tuned. But before we do that, uh, you know, context is so important in, in this modern digital age. Always has been important, but uh, you know, as fast as conversations can take place and information come at you, uh, two thousand miles an hour, context is critical. So I want to I want to give Shannon and Dan both an opportunity. You know, both of y'all have been uh, powerhouses of thought leadership, doing big things in the industry for uh, decades. We never go over two decades. Is that right, Greg? That's right. We never right. confess to two decades, though. So I think <laughs> if you look at any of us, it's pretty obvious. Right. So, uh, so Dan, Dan Hanrahan uh, with the Newman Group, tell us a little bit about uh, what you've done in your career as we you know, set the table here on the front end. Well, I've been uh, my entire career since I've been out of college has been in the automation space. So I started in process automation, worked uh, selling and implementing uh, as a project specialist uh, distributed control systems. And from there, I uh, left that company, uh, went to work for a smaller independent firm, and during that time started the Newman Group. So I was the founder of the company, and it was uh, mainly in the process automation industry and a software-centric at that time. So we started really in connecting instrumentation, connecting devices, and that's exactly what we do today on a much yeah. more sophisticated stage, mm -hmm. connecting automation and components within a warehouse operation. Mm. So, Damn, that's my whole life. It's kind of my other hobby besides <clears throat> football. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, two quick thoughts there. Automation before automation was not only cool, but absolutely critical. Uh, and then secondly, you made a remark in the pre-show, and hopefully I'm not telling on you, but we were talking about a smile on someone's face here, and you were like, that's, that's, that is as excited as software engineers get, if I'm quoting you right. Is that right, Dan? <laughs> So. It is. It is. <laughs> All but, right. You know, you're, you're, what, what's really interesting, I think you set the stage where um, both of our companies have continually evolved and looked at where are the savings, where are the, the value proposition to a customer, because that's really most important. People invest in automation for return on investment mm. and really for bettering their business. So both of us are really focused on that. And, you know, it's a it's a fun passion. I guess that's what does get me excited is seeing a customer success right. when you've mm -hmm. delivered the right solution for their application. Well, that's the perfect segue. Over to you, Shannon. Uh, Shannon, we've been fortunate to have you with us here on a couple of these conversations. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, your decades of, of action-oriented uh, leadership out in the industry. Tell us, you know, you, you never talk about yourself, Shannon. Tell us a little bit about what you've done in your career. <laughs> the topic I love to talk about. Uh, <laughs> you know, what I do is whatever I got to do. Um, you know, for the last, you know, forever, you know, I've been in this industry installing uh, TMSs, um, selling them, you know, helping the customers, you know, really automate as much as they can and you know, maximize the value that they mm. get out of out of the shipping solutions um, so they can save as much money as possible. Um, so again, we try to be more like the, the Maytag man, you know, once you get it installed, you know, they kind of forget about it because it just yeah. runs. And mm. that's really always our goal uh, out there is to make it so it's the last thing they got to think about, you know, so whether they're, uh, you know, growing, making changes, stuff like that, we're incredibly reliable, try to be there to, help solve whatever problem they have. So, I love that. I love that line of commercials. Uh, Greg, we've got uh, between Dan and Shannon and kind of how they've couched their journey and some of their worldview, 
your comments on, on this duo here? Yeah, I, I, first of all, uh, automation for ROI's sake is better than automation for automation's sake. And it's <laughs> great. That, I mean, th and there are a lot of people in the industry who have that perspective. And I think it's important when you're an implementer or seller of technology to have that perspective because a lot of companies, they don't quite know what they want the outcome to be and mm -hmm. to be able to guide them towards that outcome and to recognize that this is not just doing things faster and, and better, it's doing things faster and better for a bigger piece, piece of the pie, right? So that is really important and I'm glad, Dan, you expressed that. And of course, uh, Shannon, underselling himself as usual, um, you know, I Clay and I had the opportunity to sit down with Shannon. Oh God, was it fall? I, it was in Phoenix, so you never know. It's hard to remember <laughs> what the season is because the leaves in Phoenix don't change colors. The license plates do. Um, so we got to sit down and understand, like in depth, really what it is the problems that Shannon can solve. The one that stuck out in my mind was, you know, we have all these big initiatives around freight auditing and that sort of thing, and how. If you confront that and preempt that, that you can actually reduce the problems up front and not have these big groups of consultants have to come in and do auditing for you. And, um, you know, the simplification of that by, by technology and automation just really struck me. Mm. Love that. Okay. Folks, as, I, as we talked about, you're in for quite a conversation here today. And let us know your thoughts. Again, drop it in the chat. We want to work those in throughout uh, the next uh, 50 minutes or so. Okay. We talked about evaluate context. That's where we want to go next. Before we get into the four ways that TMS and WES work together to make better, the best holistic, holistic decisions. Say that seven times fast. <laughs> and for more context to level set with our audience, kind of what Jerry was asking about earlier. Tell us what, in your words, a warehouse execution system is, Dan. All right. Uh, a warehouse execution system is essentially managing and orchestrating all of the different automation components within the warehouse. And that's really, when you think about it, a very complex thing today, a lot of choices in technology. So mm -hmm. as a firm, we're really working with customers. They just say, what is the value? And what is the right technology? And really defining, designing a solution that brings together all the components and the outbound order fulfillment. That's the pick, pack, ship automation, pick, pack, and ship all together collectively as a singular solution. And what are those technologies? There's different modules that we connect. The first thing the warehouse execution system is doing is gathering all of the orders, looking at prioritization. Cartonization is a really critical function in shipping today and reducing shipping carts. So optimizing cartonization logic for both parcel shipping and looking at the LTL, quantity count of cases and so forth. How many pallets will be going out? So our system basically takes information from the WMS or ERP system, produces it for better picking, packing, and shipping process, and then unites all the different types of technology. So uh, we have picking components, we have voice picking, we have pick to light, yep. we have AMR-based picking, we have goods to person. So as an independent mm -hmm. systems integrator, we're working with the clients to say, what is the technology that I would buy myself if I was running your operation? So I need to learn their business, get to know their operation. Mm -hmm. And then a really critical part, I think we'll touch on that a little bit better, is once you know the cartonization, how do you share that with the transportation manif 
management system because right. the transportation management system united with us really drives that freight savings. And that's a big component in paying for not only justifying the um, transportation management system, but importantly, making those two work together uh, seamlessly. So we're able to manifest every different shipping methodology within that operation. Wonderful. Uh, Dan, thank you for, for providing that important context and level setting on the front end. Jerry, I, I think that uh, will go to your question quite a bit. Shannon, what would you add? Any comments you'd add around uh, uh, how Dan kind of introduced the WES there? I mean, you know, the WES is the cool part in the warehouse, if you <laughs> ask me. You know, I was last week I was out um, visiting a couple of companies and, you know, seeing the different levels of, of you know, systems that they have. It's like, you know, really automated down to semi-automated. And again, it's just to help move things through the warehouse faster, more efficiently. Uh, so that way they can handle much more volume. You know, and, and one of the companies I was at, you know, has a peak season around Christmas time. And, uh, you know, their peak season, you know, if, if things don't go well, people are going to be very sad mm. because they're not going to get <laughs> right. their stuff, um, you know, their games or whatever it is that they're ordering from this company. And the level of automation was out of this world. It was mm. so cool to see. And now it's like, boy, it seems like overkill. But, you know, I'm like, what's this? I kept asking, what's this look like when it's peak? And it's, you know, full. It's like mm. you can't do it. You just can't handle that volume without mm. a system like Dan's. That's what it really comes down to. I, I appreciate you sharing uh, your comments there, including the heartbreak that can happen out there. Uh, Greg, I want to come to you. I'm going to reference Jerry's comment here in just a second. But Greg, what did you hear there and what else needs to be added before we move forward? I think the important thing is the connection between these um, disparate systems, right? Uh, um, first of all, thanks for explaining that, Dan, um, um, because – I had never heard it. I've heard of WES, right? But I've never heard it broken down out of WMS, right? It's usually a component aspect of WMS and in distribution versus retail fulfillment, it's it's kind of a different animal, right? And it sounds like, Dan, because of the different picking methodologies you're using, you're dealing with both. But I think as important is to create that continuing link of data, <clears throat> Um, from, hey, here's what we've got, right? Here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to pick. Here's how we need to prioritize it and package it and that sort of thing. And then communicating that outside the four walls of the warehouse and the company to a partner company uh, or, or system to say, um, you know, this is, this is how we intend to roll this out. And, you know, and that allows you to bid, get bids for LTL and, or, you know, if you're going to the spot market or to inform your trading partner if, if you've got a contract carrier or whatever, right? So mm. that continual um, that continual uh, communication of, of the evolving data, of the evolving state of the supply chain is so critical to keep things moving effectively and rapidly. Excellent point. Uh, in addition, Greg. Okay, a couple of quick comments before we move into these four ways that uh, TMS, WS work together to power better decisions. Uh, first off, uh, Shannon mentioned the holidays. Well, hey, I'd argue that Matt's two, uh, Ravens, Baltimore Ravens, holidays came early. Lamar Jackson signed to a big old deal. Holidays came early in the Jackson household too. But Matt, great to have you here. Uh, Jerry talks about um, companies don't want to automate existing poor, inefficient processes. Greg, of course, we talked about that endlessly. 
I think he, Jerry says when you implement new automation programs, you want to evaluate existing operations. Of course, great point there. And and Michael, uh, we don't have a formal Q and A session, but we'll see if we can at the end talk about some of the biggest barriers for companies looking to adopt TMS and WS solutions. And I bet Shannon and Dan would love to tackle conversations like that. Uh, after today's been tackling event. that for decades. That's right. <laughs> That's right, Michael, thanks for being here. Um, okay, what we wanna do next, um, now that we've kind of set the table very nicely, I wanna get into these four ways. So uh, we're gonna go through these one by one. Uh, and Dan, I want you to take the first one when it comes to uh, carton and case order dim weight uh, visibility and a lot more. What's the first way that TMSs can work with WESs to power better holistic decisions? Well, there's uh, there's two two areas, but let's maybe start in the parcel area. Okay. Uh, many of the customers we're doing dealing with today, and I think in distribution in general, is really an omni-channel operation, an ability to be able to ship business to business parcel, business to customer, direct to, to uh, a uh, customer's home or a client's home, and then additionally, they may be also fulfilling orders for. Um, large retailers, Amazon, clients of that nature, Walmart, Target. And to do that, you need to have uh, orchestration of the order release. And most of those clients, regardless of it being a parcel or being a uh, uh, an LTL shipment, are requesting a particular compliance label, putting a special label on it. So as the orders are being released, you may have full cases, part of the order. You may have uh, repacked cartons, each is being picked into a carton. The warehouse control system can manage all of those processes to release the orders, synchronize product moving from multiple different zones or different automation technologies. So I could have voice picking, for instance, and um, pick the carton on a cart or using an AMR, uh, Thomas Mobile Robot, moving a cart, picking directly to that shipping carton. At the same time, I have full cases that need to be picked. Labels need to be placed on those cartons. So they all have to flow through, synchronized, all of those cases and cartons so they can get palletized together for a shipment order. And to do that effectively, you really need to be completely integrated because all of the label data is residing in that transportation management system. It's the keeper of the data and the, and the rules and the logic for us to essentially execute our order release. So the synchronization between those two components are really critical. And as we uh, release the cartons and they're transporting, typically conveyor systems are required. That's the fastest method methodology. Um, and it's a both scalable methodology. You can start with a system that does 10 to 12 cartons per minute, justify that system and scale all the way up to 60 to 70 cartons per minute, inline scanning, weighing, dimensioning, capturing the information that optimizes that shipping transportation and getting the right labels, applying them, scanning and validating, and then using a sortation system to bring those mixed cartons together to the right locations. And again, manage that whole process of scanning, capturing uh, pellet content, directing the operators, to scan and manage to put the product at a, to the right pallet, capture all that information, timestamp it, integrate that all back into the transportation management system. Collectively, you're really driving efficiencies across your entire operation. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, Shannon, I'm coming to you for a quick comment before I do, though. What I'm hearing Dan share is if the police produced a supply chain album, it would be a supply chain synchronicity. A uh, little, little 80s reference there, Greg. I think I got the name of that right. I don't know. But Shannon. <laughs> Shannon. I have to steal that one from you. Yeah, do that, please, please, please. Or, or you might well not want to. I don't know. But Shannon, yeah. speak to this first one, how integration, you know, to, you know, big theme there, integration is powering that synchronization, Shannon. I think, you know, the whole point of the WES system is to move the product through the warehouse uh, to the proper spot so it can then ship and get out the door. Uh, and that's where having that integration, knowing where this has to end up allows it to be placed in the proper spot uh, within the warehouse, put it in the proper hands, put it on the proper conveyor, uh, things like that. Because, you know, if you've got, uh, you know, heavy parcel coming out, that's just going to get conveyed directly down to a trailer. Whereas if it's going to go LTL or truckload, you're going to convey it down to a spot where it's going to get palletized. Mm. Uh, And those could be opposite ends of a warehouse based on how their dock doors are set up and things like that. So, you know, have knowing the dimensions, the weights and being able to bounce that against a TMS to do your optimization early to understand the right mode and the right carrier. So that way, if it is parcel, it automatically has the label, it's already labeled and then off it goes into the back of a trailer. I mean, that's the, to me, that's where having all this stuff connected, right and synchronize it has to be, you know, on point every single time. Otherwise you're going to shut the whole operation down. Mm. And Shannon, Greg, I'm coming to you next, but Shannon, to your point on the front end of our conversation where it runs like a Maytag, it just, it just works. It just works, man. That's right. Uh, All right. So we're tackling the first of four ways, Greg, you comment there on what we heard there from Dan and Shannon. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's interesting to hear all the complexities of it. And I think one of the questions that I've always had, is why do we need so many different types of facilities? So, you know, I worked with Amazon for a while and they had delivery stations and fulfillment stations and they had um, uh, uh, automated or autonomous picking and they had manual picking stations. And, and um, what what Dan and, and Shannon are talking about is enabling all of those different methodologies of pick, pack, put away, ship, uh, fulfill, all I mean, the potential is that all of those could be conducted if it makes sense in a single facility, right? That's exactly what Shannon and Dan just described. And and because real estate is one, expensive, and yeah. two, overbought, right? And lots of companies are looking to reduce the number of facilities that they have out there. Um, you know, I think we've all seen that, that industrial real estate is coming to a crashing end. Mm-hmm. I think we'll start to see companies realize that they can do more types of fulfillment and, and, and warehouse management in a single facility if they enable it properly. Um, I don't know. You guys have seen it uh, obviously on the ground a lot more than I have, but Mm -hmm. that's one question I've always had is why do those uh, other than there are a lot of efficiencies in the direct to consumer or the, you know, the consumer facing the parcel stuff, Shannon, why do those have to be, in, in separate facilities. And, and to your other point, Shannon, not you pick a question to answer or don't, <laughs> but I, I wonder if the arrangement of dock doors is, is very often strategically 
created or is it sort of how they evolved over time as a company, right? Shipping this from here and that from there and receiving this there and here and there. I mean, when you go through some of these warehouses, it makes sense. I mean, it really does. Uh, and, you know, based on the products that they have there, where they're sending them to, you could, it does, you could see why they're having parcel out of this facility because it just holds that product. Um, but, you know, again, I think each, each company is different. That's, it's one of those 50-50s in my mind where mm. half the time I can see why they're doing it half the time. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this one, they could put it all together. That one, they can't. I mean, the place I was at uh, up in Seattle, you know, the yeah, they're doing everything out of that facility. And, and it's just because of the quantity. So it's like the onesie, twosie is parcel. But then when they're, you know, filling a, a retail store, it's pallets. Right. And so it's like, yeah, that makes total sense um, to have everything in one spot and where they're bringing it down to is almost the same exact spot in the warehouse because that's where their dock doors are all lined up. Mm. It totally, totally makes sense how they were laid out. Uh, so I think that's where a lot of it just comes down to product and their business. Um, mm. You know, if you've got nice product that is perfectly boxed, uh, mm. it sure makes it easy. <laughs> Not everybody has that, you know? Oh, only if, only if. Okay. And that's what makes Dan's job. I think that's why the, you know, that's one of the main things around this weight and dimensions and all that. Uh, and I think that leads into that second part really for Dan on how they leverage this stuff. You know, not everything's an exception. Mm. Like, so how do you handle that? Right, Dan? So, all right. So we've established one of four. So Dan, perfect segue. Shannon, you're going to take my job. Yeah. Uh, Dan, roll right into the second way that TMS and WS yeah. powers together. So a little bit of what uh, Greg was just touching on, uh, you know, this this whole consolidation effort where companies may have, uh, especially uh, if there's a private equity firm involved and they're buying up firms and they're building a, uh, you know, a, a brand of themselves by consolidating several companies together. Uh, Shannon and I have worked in projects like that. Mm -hmm. It is always much easier when, we start with an empty building. You know, if we're starting with a new facility, I think uh, one of the guests has talked about process first. That's a really important part, regardless of it being retrofit, you know, where you're trying to design in the right automation to streamline an existing facility, uh, or you're going into a new facility. These new facilities, when you're doing consolidation, <laughs> you really got a chance to do that process design. Look at each of these different operations and you have to design parallelism. You know, you're right. going to find some of those customers are going to be uh, their their customer base is 80% e-com, the others 100% um, retail, and there's a lot of non-conveyable. So, mm. you know, when you look at these products, and you say, do they fit in a goods-to-person system? Do they fit with an autonomous mobile robot moving them, or are they slow-moving large items that I only ship a couple of a month? So my automation is still the good old fork truck right? right. out there and pick it, but direct that person in a most efficient manner right. using mobile wearable and a voice headset. And one of the things we're able to do by being integrated into the transportation management system, right. I always talk about the label. Well, mm. if I know the case in the cube and we've got a really good, you know, uh, data from the warehouse or the ERP system, 
So we have all of the cube and size the item. I know the size and the weight of that um, uh, non-conveyable item. Yeah. It might be a bicycle, right? That's been boxed, things of that nature. We can feed that information to the transportation management system up front prior to the pick and get the right labels that are required for that item. So I can have the individual who's doing the picking, the pick operator, wear a mobile printer and right. basically in one step, pick it, pack it, and ship it by generating the right documentation labels. And now we're directing him to take it to the UPS store or bring right. it over to the pallet build. So we could be picking those products and we know to cube those products. Right. Well, so if they're smaller, we can pick a dozen of them on a uh, fork truck cart. If it's a single, we're going to send him out with one pallet, pick up the pallet and get that non conveyable So all that logic, what we're really trying to do is direct the processes exactly the same across any operator and take the thinking out. Take gotcha. the best practices within the operation and automate that and integrate those two components together. And the most important part of that really is what is the cost? If somebody asks for next day on a bicycle, we're not going to pay some really steep price. Yet if the transportation management system says, uh, three to five days is fine. Picking the right way to ship it is totally different, which the cost could be down to maybe $30 to $40 to deliver that bike with a regional carrier. Again, having that tied into the transportation management system makes all those decisions. So it makes the warehouse control system smarter, basically, mm. right? Because the and key now today is getting it out the door, the most efficient, as you said, at the lowest cost. And allows that software logic to do the daily shipping optimiz optimization activities. And 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 Chen, I'll get your comment here, because the picture Dan painted, I tell you, it's like a pick pack ship, uh, in, uh, yeah. painting by Picasso. There, supply chain version of Picasso. Shannon, speak to the second the second tip here, uh, of or the second way of these four ways that TMS WS works together. Well, I think you know, like Dan said, you know rather than sending something out next day air, you know, what if ground will get it there in a day? Uh, you know, doing that type of uh, TMS rate shopping and carrier selection, you know, and a lot of these customers now that are using these systems have, you know, must arrive on date or must arrive mm -hmm. by date. Uh, so what's the right carrier? You, know, you don't have to just fix it at a expedited carrier anymore to get it there in two days. Um, you know, ground could get it there, use a regional parcel carrier. That's where you can really, you know, drive some of your strategy on that transportation side. And then from a warehouse picking side, there's no change to them. It's a different carrier name on the label, but it's their same process, mm. uh, still works very efficiently. Um, so that allows the company to really, uh, I think, make changes, uh, you know, very strategic changes on the transportation side that can really net some huge savings so not only do they have you know the great optimized process that the wes is helping them with but then it works in concert nicely with the tms where they could absolutely make carrier changes mode changes and to the wes it just directs them you know through different processes that are already defined so i right. think that's where it really helps if I could well, have one area that uh, we're seeing <clears throat> customers, um, I see, I, I call it you teeter on it, is that 100 weights rules where 
when do I ship a shipment based upon it being large and getting close to 150 pounds? Yeah. It's 145 pounds. It's a lower cost to get their second day by using UPS as a bundled uh, 100 weight rolls, or is it still faster and lower cost to use an LTL shipment due to you're going from Chicago to Kansas City, and there's somebody doing that run all day long that you could put that pallet on and get it there at the same time or faster, possibly at a lower cost. Those are rules that are, are outside the warehouse control system. But again, being tightly coupled makes huge difference besides just parcel, but really that automation of the, um, the LTL shipments and the documentation that's required to make those shipments. It's all contained in the, in the TMS system. Yeah, love that. And one of the themes I'm hearing there, Greg, is that it it frees up people's time, your workforce's time, to do more valuable aspects if you can automate some of this management. Uh, Greg, some of your thoughts there on the second way that these two platforms work together. Yeah, I think it's, I think the um, injection of technology there is really, really important because, to your point around workforce, it's continually shrinking. We're losing the knowledge workers. Um and that knowledge is not being passed on because it was largely tribal knowledge, right? And people are staying away in droves from these kind of jobs. So automation is going to become more and more important, the ability to communicate with the AMRs and other types of robotics that will ultimately do this work because humans don't want to. And, um, you know, I think that is an even greater necessity, frankly, than elevating humans to the more satisfying jobs that they want to do. And, of course, we want to do that. But right now, we've got a problem in warehouses where we don't have enough labor and it's not reliable enough. It's mm. not even showing up every single day. Um, there are entire technologies now. I was just talking to a company yesterday. There are entire technologies now built around um, trying to predict how many people will show up each day mm. and how you prioritize your order picking and that sort of thing. Because not only is the labor pool shrinking, but the the reliability of that of the labor pool day to day is is um unpredictable well i'm not mm -hmm. saying unpredictable but it's difficult to predict manually right mm -hmm. so that 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 this connection between between wms wes and tms allows companies to to conduct business even with a shrinking workforce is absolutely critical to the future of this industry because it will become more and more automated Yep. Greg, I thought you were going to use one of your favorite words there, betwixt, uh, halfway through your, oh, your response. But, uh, we'll, get it, we'll get it in the next time. Forget that. <laughs> Greg White, bingo. Here we go. Um, all right. So, uh, Shane, I want to come to you. Uh, as we're working way through this list of four ways uh, TMS, WS works together, what's number three, Shannon? I think it's making the, the correct uh, carrier selection based on the whole cost. So, and this is something that Dan kind of talked about mm -hmm. already with the, you know, that that split between parcel and LTL. There's a gray area, I think, in there where a lot of folks just say they have a hard cutoff. If it's 150 pounds or less, it goes parcel. If it's over 150 pounds, it goes LTL. Well, there's a gray area in there between 100 pounds and upwards of a couple hundred, two to 500 pounds where 100 weight will come into play. And also, you know, with all of the automation in the warehouse now, we actually have customers where they handle parcel shipments much more efficiently. So they'll actually pick parcel, even though it's more expensive from a transportation side, but from an overall perspective, it's actually cheaper because 
the handling. You know, it costs them X amount of dollars per box to handle an LTL shipment as compared to that parcel shipment. Because like, you know, like I said earlier, you know, once that parcel shipment is picked and they put the label on it, it doesn't get touched again until it gets put in a truck. So yeah. they could find a, you know, a two to three dollar per box handling uh, savings that we can now put into the TMS to take that into account when it does the rate shopping. So that way, you know, having the two systems working together, that's really what we mean by having them, you know, you know, in concert, you know, synchronous, whatever you want to, you know, whatever your bad joke is, you want to put in there. <laughs> uh, and ouch. And, um, so that's where I think having the two systems working like that together is where you really maximize the value because that's ultimately what people were using when they made their decision to put in the warehouse execution system was here's my cost savings from a handling perspective. Well, that's kind of flow over yep. to the carrier side because it's like if my TMS is all of a sudden picking the more expensive way the more expensive process that's going to totally wreck the whole solution that you put in there and that's when mm -hmm. we can actually do that these days all right shannon uh good stuff there dan i'm coming to you next but hey death taxes and bad scott luton jokes that's how it works uh here uh dan uh dan comment here on number three as shannon laid it out yeah yeah i i, I agree 100 with him i mean he's really uh hitting all of the points of why connectivity is really important. And one of the things I did want to touch on very briefly, I know I get into the weeds a little bit here in the technical side, but the connectivity is really one of the things that is really getting standardized around automation components. I think everybody's really heading towards REST, you know, REST standard APIs, documented APIs. So, building and connecting um, different systems has now gotten easier, more robust. Uh, and that's really happened over the last four or five years. And then that uh, the, the whole aspect of really, it's a profit center. Greg touched on it. All of the things that happen in a warehouse, especially the people to the processes, we're measuring every one of those components. So we know when an order starts, we know when it flows through the picking process. We know how much labor is used. We know who did the picking. We know exactly what lot serial number went into that. So the, the idea is in many of our processes we design is pick directly to that shipping container, transport it through an inline scan way audit that looks at the carton, verifies by weight that it has the right items, maybe takes a digital image of what's inside of it, mm. its critical components. So all that's happening. If it fails that, it goes to an exception. If it's uh, ready to ship, it either goes to an automatic taper, tonnage, voyage. We do document inserters. So all of those touches we're trying to take out of the process, we're measuring the, the movement of that carton through the scanway dimensioning mm -hmm. to the print and apply system where, you know, Shannon's system's giving us the right data and we might side apply it, top apply it. So it's like mm -hmm. a, a labeling tunnel. We can have three or four. In fact, we're doing two projects that have three different label applicators required yeah. and they're all redundant. So if one fails, hey, I'm still in business. And then it's right out the door as you're saying. So it's gone through auto sealing, it's gone through all the manifesting. So when you start talking about how do I measure the labor that's used across my operation based on how many orders I'm going to have, we have customers that we're showing them 
the metrics of here's how many people you need to run your operation when it's a 2,000 order a day operation, 1,000 parcels, 1,000 LTL. Maybe that's your slow season as it ramps up during summer, as it ramps up during Christmas season and peak periods, and you're tripling that volume. What's the labor that I require? Mm. Those parameters are all being captured today. So mm. the information being fed back is providing the reports and the data to run the machine. And that's really what the whole solution that the two of us uh, bring to the market is really, you know, an automated profit machine. That's really what we're building. Pick, pack and ship automation, uh, automating inbound receiving. Yep. What are all the different areas that could be, you know, put together into a complete solution that minimizes that labor, drives up higher profitability uh, and makes your people more successful when they are working within the operation with the automation. Yes, Greg, I'm coming to you next. But before I do, we talked about what made the automation and the software engineer really happy and excited on the front end. Well, I think I just saw a twinkle in Dan's eyes. He talked about a label applicator redundancy. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't speak to, to those points. But Greg, what'd you hear there at number three? As we're almost a home base, but what's uh, number three? What'd you hear there between Shannon and Dan? I think the most important thing is um, that I took away from it is let computers do computer things and let humans do human things and deciding things based on an if-then association, if it's this big, then we ship it that way. Being uh, pinned to that, um, you know, that, that analysis is, is um, costing companies money. Another one of those things that Shannon and I and Clay talked about some months back and, and giving technology the ability to conduct combinatorial analytics against a very, very complex potential problem and potential solutions, the top loading and all of that sort of thing. And, and what, what, um, what mode to use this day, because maybe the route truck is leaving today, tomorrow, the answer might be different. Right. But, um, but being able to both expedite the shipment, right. Get it out rapidly and do it in the most effective way that day. That's a very difficult and complex calculation for people to do in their heads. So taking away the human judgment of it and putting good and yet flexible and and complex logic in place to give you the best opportunity for profit as Dan's talking about every single day is that to me is the most important aspect of this. Mm, Well said, Greg. Um, Okay. So we're, we're coming around the home stretch with number four. We still want to touch on, uh, Rate links and a couple of resources there. Um, got some great comments here. But Shannon, to round out our list, to complete our list, what's the number four way? It's just removing the subjectivity. You know, exactly what Greg was saying. You know, let the computer do what it does. Uh, you know, a lot of times we've run into this um, typically before we install at a customer site where you're finding out that there's a person who decides which carrier to use under certain scenarios and and they just know and and you know the 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 reality is uh it's not necessarily the complexity all the time that trips people up it's that we're just you know some days we're we just don't feel great um some days we're we're just not on our a game uh and that's where the computer's just consistent it's yeah. consistently going to do it. So that way, when you define a rule and you create a strategy that you're going to follow, it's going to do it every single time. And that's going to give you the value that you're looking for. I mean, you know, you think about the you know, rate shopping and including, you know, your handling cost on there. It's like you can't 
how would you do that by hand? Yep. Um, you might be fairly good at it and and get most of it, but no. I think that's where you got to be. You know, this has to be black and white, yep. and that way you are getting the consistency. I mean, it's just like putting it on the conveyor. That conveyor always runs at the same speed, so it's gonna get to the end of the line every time, uh, and that's what it's counting on. You know, again, that's that's what we're looking at, and I think that's where the last part is just making it very automated that way as you put your rules out there you know they're going to be followed uh, yep. and i think that's the important part love that shannon okay so dan gotta get really quick blurb and comment from you from you on the fourth way and then we got to move right into uh, as we start to wrap here so dan quick comment well i think in closing the last way or the the, the, the last component to always think <clears> of <throat> is designing and making sure we're building the solution to the customer's requirement. So it's it's really the customer focus. I mean, automation is great. And I think, uh, Greg, you've uh, touched on a lot of really good points, but it's really, what is that automation going to do for the customer? What's that value proposition? And can you measure it? And can you give them a return on investment through showing them what those savings are, reduced labor, increased efficiencies, higher accuracies, and lower cost to fulfill the order through both picking and transportation. And when you unite that, you're also uniting outside the four walls of the distribution center. Mm -hmm. So it's really the time where the warehouse execution, the automation connection extends all the way to the uh, delivery of that product to the customer and giving that feedback to customer service. So they know the tracking number that's on the product, they know its weight. They know the time it went into the truck. They they have that type of information both in the inside the four walls, but now the transportation system extends out to that wall to actually see that delivery signage, what time that got to the customer without someone having to pick up a phone, call, go and look at a screen. The data is being fed to them. They need to be more efficient in their customer service department and deliver better value to their customers. Mm. All right. So, Greg, uh, as we start to wrap, we're about to find out uh, in a nutshell, uh, if, if folks don't know already, what RateLinks does. But, Greg, you get the last word here before we, we move into that final chapter. Yeah, Shannon was really diplomatic. He tried to avoid saying sometimes, some days we're just lazy. Um, or let's say we uh, thrive on expeditiousness, mm-hmm. right? Both mean the same thing. You're welcome. Um, and then, Dan... <laughs> Dan described four things, right, that any one of those four and and the multitude of combinations of those four that any human being could struggle with to try and optimize all at once. And that makes an incredible, both of those discussions make an incredible case for why technology is the right answer here, right? Never tired, right? Never lazy, never misinformed, and never overcome by the complexity of the calculation that's required to do the job. Yep. And, and no one ever sneaks Folgers in where they expect Starbucks and ruins their morning, right? right. Um, okay, <laughs> so moving right along. Just kidding. All my friends love Folgers. Just kidding. Um, all right. So uh, Shannon, uh, Shannon Valancourt, uh, big first off, thanks to you and Dan. And there's a lot more to this conversation, but uh, for now, we're going to leave it there. Shannon, um, in a nutshell, tell us what RateLinks does in, in case folks haven't put it all together yet. What we do is we help uh, on this transportation side deliver a solution that fits you. And when we say fits you, not only is it going to fit the process, but it's going to 
ultimately deliver the savings that you're looking for. Mm, mm. It's just that simple. And, and yeah. I, I, I listen, <laughs> you know, Shannon brings it down to who can't follow that, right? right. Um, all right. So Shannon and the Ratelings team also bought some, brought some resources. We want to share that with everybody here. First up, we've got a link here where you can learn more about Ratelings and all its integrations. Uh, I love how we, we've entitled this Smarter. Faster, simpler. It reminds me of the uh, the ten million dollar got uh, uh, man or whatever. Yeah, whatever TV show that was. Uh, but, you know, with inflation, Shannon is probably thinner. <laughs> right. Yeah, now, right? more than that. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. We're gonna drop these links in the chat to make sure you are one click away. It's just that easy. And then secondly, man, uh, um, we've got a link here to details around a project led by Great Links that saved a Fortune one hundred company millions of dollars on an annual basis. And if that isn't music to your ears, I don't know what is, Greg. That's some powerful uh that's some that's a powerful way to spike the football here at the end of the conversation, huh? Yeah. I mean that's what it's all about, isn't it? Is is finding those ways to improve your business. Which means more money. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Make more money. That is right. So, hey, as we promised, we drop these links there in the chat. You're one click away from uh, learning more about those integrations and that uh, really uh, uh, pretty impressive uh, business case study. Um, and when we wrap here, uh, Dan Hanrahan, and we're going to come, Greg, we're going to take a trip up Chicago and we're going to get one of those Mr. Beef sandwiches, uh, take in a uh, Chicago beers game. Shannon, you got to come with us. Uh, but Dan, to make that happen, and I'm, I bet you extend an invitation to all of our uh, global uh, Supply Chain Now family members, how can folks connect with you and the Numina Group, Dan? Absolutely. So the easiest is on our website, uh, numinagroup.com. Uh, you can also call our office. We pick up our phone. It's uh, 630-343-2600. So again, numinagroup.com. Please take a look, check out our technology. And as I said earlier, we're really... Uh, work together with our clients to find, design, and implement solutions really tailored to their requirements. I love that. Operators are standing by, Greg White. Operators are standing by. Uh, all right, Shannon Valancourt, uh, folks should know how to track you down, but just in case, of course, we got some links there. How can folks connect with you and the Rate Links team that's on the move? Uh, well, as always, you can connect with me on LinkedIn or you can go to our website, you know, ratelinks.com. Uh, I'm not going to give my number out. I don't. <laughs> I do answer my phone. I just get a lot of calls. That was yeah. a general number. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dan, love it, Dan. Uh, but Shannon, uh, uh, really appreciate your appearances here. Uh, it goes back a couple years. I think um, kudos to what you and the Rate Links team are doing to, to help. Uh, empower organizations and their growth and to make things more simply and of course empower the workforce uh, in these challenging times but big thanks uh, to you Shannon Valancourt president of rate links and Dan Hanrahan uh, CEO of the Numina group but folks don't take off just yet we're gonna get before we sign off here today and big thanks to all the folks that tuned in we have got the patented Greg White key takeaway that you've got to have front and front and center as you depart <clears throat> this, this really information filled session here today. So Greg, if you had to boil it down to one thing that folks have to take away from this conversation, what would that be? Well, Scott, fortunately I don't have to boil it down to one, <laughs> even though you always ask for one. 
Um, let's start with the, the question of the day that most people want to know the answer to, and that is $31,828,049.21 is what the $6 million man would cost to build today. <laughs> wow. So that's, that's a very important thing. But look, um, and think about that, right? I mean, think about how the cost of things like labor and equipment and materials and products have have increased over the years, right? That's why the efficiency of technology and the connectivity of technology, not just inside your four walls, inside your enterprise, but inner enterprise with your trading partners is such an incredible return on investment because everything is so much more expensive. It's even 30% more expensive in a lot of cases now than it was just two or three years ago. So the, the efficiency of automation, the necessity of automation, right? It was, it was our parents' generation who was clinging to those lab, labor jobs that now nobody wants and people are staying away in droves from manufacturing, truck driving, mm. fulfillment and warehouse work. It's impossible to find people to fulfill all of the jobs that are open there. And it's not going to get better because mm. of what the generations that are coming into the workforce now, Gen Y and Gen Z, desire out of a working experience. So you better embrace technology and you better get excited about automation and you better do it based on defining, as, as Shannon and Dan have talked about, defining the outcomes that you desire and then finding the right technology, combination of technologies and interconnectivity of technologies that enable that for your enterprise. Man. William Shakespeare, Greg, I really appreciate that. And hey, just like uh, Jacob shared, uh, he appreciates conversation here today. And look at this. He's, it's given him a wake-up call on how to raise efficiency. Do it, appreciate that. And, uh, you know, uh, Greg, what you're implying there, all these costs have gone up. The cost of inaction certainly has skyrocketed. So, folks, do something with this knowledge that Shannon and Dan and Greg have dropped here today. I know we couldn't get to all the comments and questions. Thanks for being here. But it's about taking action. Deeds, not words. Deeds, not words. And with that said, um, Scott Luton challenging everyone here to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. And we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.